0: What's happening, friends? I hope you are well, and uh, it's nice for me to finally be back in the UK after a lot of travelling. New York nearly finished me off last weekend, but I've uh, just about recovered. On to this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Carrie and Jonathan from Inside Tracker HQ. Now, you may remember last week that both me and Professor David Sinclair spoke about blood work being done by the guys at Inside Tracker. So I thought it was timely to release the episode I recorded with two of their execs who understand what athletes and professionals need, even if we don't know it ourselves. So yeah, today expect to learn what the largest database of healthy people in the world uh, is identifying with regards to trends in people's diets, their exercise, what their blood work levels are suggesting... Carrie and Jonathan's predictions moving forward for the future of this analytical wellness movement, and a whole host of other interesting things. Also, if you are interested in getting your blood work done from Inside Tracker, just head to tracker.com and they'll do the rest. Now please welcome Carrie and Jonathan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm joined by Jonathan and Carrie from Inside Tracker. How are you today?
1: Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being here. Thank
0: you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's awesome. So, um, can you explain to the listeners at home who you guys are and what Inside Tracker is and what it does?
1: Sure. Um, so, we work for Inside Tracker. I handle mostly the CrossFit division, and Jonathan handles endurance, but we also um, are helping people out with their overall health or healthy aging. Um, and what Inside Tracker really does is we look at uh, biomarkers in your blood that are scientifically tied to performance, overall health, and longevity. And we create personalized recommendations for foods, supplements, and lifestyle changes um, to help you get those biomarkers into optimized zones if they're not already in there.
0: Yeah, it's a serious. Uh... A serious subject isn't it I've just come straight from Mr. David Sinclair's office at the uh, Harvard Medical School and it seems like longevity and um, this more analytical assessment I mean I'm wearing a whoop band right like I've got always on heart rate tracking of is it a trend that you can see at the moment with fitness that people are starting to take this sort of stuff more seriously
2: definitely and they're starting to care so I've been at the company for four and a half years now and when I started, it was all about, um, you know, we, we needed to help explain why this is something you should care about. And now it's at a point where everybody knows what it is. We have to show that we're better and that our, our platform is more advanced, more analytical and and more personalized than, than anything else out there.
0: So the dream's already been sold. Yes. <laughs> why do you think that's the case? Why are people more bothered now? Are they just looking for marginal gains or is it... The just natural movement along with as the technology sort of continues. What do you think?
2: Yeah, is? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's more coming out about how you can improve longevity, what you can do to be better about yourself. Uh, there's a large group of people that are either getting older, or they're seeing their parents get older. Probably more likely, at least here in the states, with with baby boomers, and so and so people are are questioning their own. Longevity and and looking at like what can I do so that I don't get like that or what can I do so that I can be with my kids or you know something like that um, as as they get older and and so people are looking for a way to uh, make that actionable.
0: So I went through the process as the viewers will be seeing throughout this episode. I went to Quest Diagnostics in Redlands in California, mm-hmm. uh, and out the other side of that, I uh, I got my blood drawn. Uh, they got sent off to your lab, and then within a few days, I had a bunch of data that I waited for you to uh, interpret mm-hmm. on, on my behalf because I didn't, I didn't quite understand what everything was. Um, but it it does seem mad to me that out of a, it was quite a lot of blood. It was like ten vials. Well,
1: not that much. <laughs> no, I maybe mean, like six. Yeah, felt like ten. Felt like <laughs> felt like pints, like, yeah. felt like pints and pints,
0: <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, it is. It seems so mad that you guys are able to. Um, decipher so much about my diet, my training, my lifestyle, my cortisol levels, my free testosterone, just from a couple of hours of blood that I had drawn on the opposite side of the country like a week ago. It's a mad, a mad concept.
2: It's mad, but if you think about it, people are looking for guidance and what's the most reliable source of data. It's not, how are you feeling today? It's not... Um, you know, it's, it's not these, these, I I have a garment and it tracks my sleep quality. And some nights it says I sleep for three hours. And some nights it says I'm, I'm in bed at seven o'clock, but I'm, I'm not. Um, And, and people are looking for analytics and people are familiar with, you know, going to your doctor to get glucose and cholesterol, but it stops there. And there's so much more beyond just, are you sick today? Or are you, you know, coming from the performance side of things who cares who how you compare to 300 million americans or or a human in general it's it's all about how do you compare to yourself for someone that's training like you're training for someone that's eating like you're eating and then you know you might be you might need to be here or you might need to be here and you're currently here and so it's that you know 1% 5% 10% whatever it is mm-hmm. that there's there's benefit to to getting there
0: You are totally right that it seems so primitive now when I think about the fact that all of us are training in some form, especially if it's for performance, you are looking to dial in marginal gains. If you read uh, Ben Bergeron's book, Chasing Excellence, at the bottom he's got character and then above that he's got process, which is making the most of minutes. That is, in its very essence, the highest resolution, highest fidelity look at marginal gains that you can. And it does seem super like prehistoric to not be tracking sleep quality with right. something better than oh, I think I went to bed at ten o'clock last right. night, and the same thing it would appear now with guys like yourself is being rolled forward for blood work. I was talking to David, and uh he said he's got all of his data with you guys since like two thousand and eleven yep, yeah that's the... which is intense,
1: yeah, it's a cool um part of our platform is that you can no matter when you do inside tracker you can upload past uh, blood test results and kind of put in a little ping of what you were doing at that time in your life um, so you can notice trends and oh my you know glucose was here at this time of my life this is what I was doing fast forward 6 months this is the next time I tested here's where it was and oh I was doing that so you can find trends You know, in the changes that you've made to to find out, you know, what can really affect your glucose and and how to get that marker to move.
0: So, can you talk to the listeners about some of the athletes that you guys have worked with?
1: Yeah, I mean, we work with, I mean, all types of athletes from crossfitters like myself who are just you know going to stay healthy to the top tier CrossFit athletes that are going to the games. Um, are there
0: any household names that people might
1: know? Yeah, we've tested. Um, Katrin uh, is a big supporter of ours, Katrin mm-hmm. Uh She works with Ben Bergeron, who's talked about Inside Tracker before. Um, Cole Sager, uh, Scott Panchik, who's going to the games for the ninth time now. Um, we've worked with uh, Tia. We've worked with all of the CrossFit Mayhem team um, recently, so... A lot of household names that you yes. probably know, Rich Froning. Um, yeah, they've done Inside Tracker and have found, you know, a lot of value in it. So,
0: what do you find when you look at these athletes? Is the obviously we don't need to go into specific details and find out that Katrin's actually got slightly high <laughs> blood <by> glucose. Um, <laughs> we but,
1: we see a lot of um, trends with with especially high-level CrossFit athletes where their CK is usually a little bit higher, which just means it's just a um, creatine kinase, which is a marker of overtraining. Mm -hmm. So you would expect to see, you know, um, that marker be a little bit high based on how often they're training, how many hours they're putting in per day. Um, We also have seen glucose in CrossFitters be a little bit uh, on the higher end, which is Something that you noticed in your yes, um, and it's just because um, for whatever reason they're not eating enough soluble fiber, which is exactly what I think you were told this morning That's, on your consult.
0: Yeah, so I I had uh, yourself and one of your colleagues run me through my results earlier on today. Um, I I honestly thought that I wouldn't be um, I, I would be further out than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting after a decade and a half of club promotion and. Undersleeping sleeping and p- some periods of pretty significant overtraining as well. I was expecting my inner age to come back at like 45 and for the, just to be like every sound and f- alarm going off inside of inside tracker, like the the air raid yeah. siren goes off and then the red Somebody line comes pick up on. this guy, make yeah. sure he's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, so, um, but it turns out that it wasn't that bad and that, um, glucose was a little bit out. Free testosterone was low, which yeah. I'm going to guess is typical yeah. of people who train a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, have some more soluble fiber and, and uh, stop taking a multivitamin mm-hmm. and then see where you're at in three months. Um,
2: what, uh, what do you see with endurance athletes then? So for endurance athletes, it's different. It's more micronutrient related we see 50% of our female population having low ferritin so the storage form of iron yep. so that's 50% of women under the age of 50 that are doing inside tracker so this is someone that is proactive about their health and thinking about these types of things so i would extrapolate to say that the general population of runners is probably a little bit higher than that so we we can say you know there's a pretty high chance that by doing this and, and knowing your numbers, you'll improve your energy. Yes. Um, low testosterone is also a, a common trend. Um, what else? We see the liver enzymes elevated. We see the creatine kinase elevated. So all of these indicators of, of overtraining or, or not resting enough because, like, CrossFit running is addictive, and you want to do more of it, and these athletes are allergic to rest. <laughs> and, and so – you know, it's like, oh, when was your last, like even just trying to schedule the test? Oh, it's best done after a rest day or an easy day. Well, I don't have those. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, you don't have to do insight tracker to know that like you should probably have a few of those in your, in your program. So for a lot of people, fundamentally, it's a shift of, okay, here's some data that says you're worked. Uh, maybe, maybe we back off a little bit on the, on the volume perspective. Um, and then the other big one is, uh, uh, caloric needs. So many runners are running a lot, or even if they're not running a lot, they're they're running more than they're eating. So they're not eating enough to to replenish the energy that they're that they're burning, and so that puts you at risk for injury, and it puts you at risk for overtraining and burnout and all that stuff that you know we want to avoid. So when I did my own consult with our dietitian, she basically said you're you're under by 500 calories every day. and that's not on long run days. Um, so it's like, okay, let's find another meal or another like two or three snacks.
0: How does um, undereating manifest
2: in the blood work? So for me, it was a combination of high cortisol. Uh, LDL was unoptimized, and um, the free testosterone had been had had gone down a little bit given an increase in training. So I, I, you know, test quarterly, and I was able to see as my training ramped up, those things all went the wrong way. And so we went through and also the soluble fiber. Um, and so this was January of 2018. And I, I'm i doing like 20% more mileage than I've ever done, eating more and getting more results. And it hadn't been injured, knock on wood, but um, it, it was a no brainer. Like, hey, this is something that's a problem, it's very clearly identified in the blood work, and now it's having, you know, action-reaction. It's taking a lot of guesswork out, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you remove the, the um, you know, where do I focus? What supplements do I need? I know what I need. Carrie knows what she needs, and you know what you need. Mm-hmm. And there's probably some overlap in that. But if, if I were to take what Carrie needed or I were to take what you needed, mm-hmm. that wouldn't that's not what we need so it's it's understanding your personalized supplement routine and yes. something, something as simple as that
1: or yes. also like what you need to eat and for I was not told that I was under eating just FYI um, after I got my consult <laughs> but if you're doing something where you're using templates or you're macro counting and you um, want to try to meet those numbers but you want to try to meet them with the right foods mm. now you have something telling you exactly what your body needs so that was really helpful for me to know, um, like for you, what you were told that you needed to eat a lot of beans, it was helpful for me to know.
0: 20 different types of beans. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Also, yeah. it validates my um, my sushi habit.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Because what? what you need we've...
2: fish and, and shellfish.
0: Okay. So. And that was keeping you optimal. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I mean, anything that excuses you to eat more sushi or more of what you want, you're yeah, like, sweet. Um, one thing that I thought was super interesting when I was looking at the recommendations. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting um, the recommendations to be. I think I maybe thought there would be something crazy complex out the other side of it. Um, but having spoken to uh, one of your colleagues, what I discovered was that between sleep, training, diet, and supplementation, those are the only inputs that we need to be looking at to manipulate everything that's going on with regards to our blood work right i don't know what i thought i was going to expect to see like it was was some i don't know i don't know what i was expecting like just something crazy complex that was totally out of the realms of oh well your iron's out so you need to do this ridiculous thing yeah but it's not it's everything's within your control yeah so
2: adoption is it like the whole program is worthless if you can't take the data and make meaning of it so there there's a lot of you look at pro sports, there's a lot of of meaningless tracking that's going on. And, well, and well, like, people are people are tracking GPS, people are tracking sleep, people are tracking power, people are tracking all these things that that pro athletes are having tracked, but it's just sitting in a in a portfolio or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I was at the National Strength and Conditioning Association conference a couple of years ago and and one of the presenters was basically saying stop tracking just to tell your boss you're tracking this <laughs> it's a waste of your athlete's time and it's a waste of your time if you're not doing anything with it and and so our our goal is to to make everything that we ask of you and everything that we take from you literally your blood mm-hmm. meaningful and so you may have noticed that there were a lot of questions on the registration process yes we don't ask anything that we don't use anywhere. None of it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it's for statistical yeah. purposes on our end. Yeah. Everything that we ask on that registration process is used in a recommendation somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the things that the uh, dietician I was speaking to earlier on mentioned was that if she had the choice, she would have uh, actually had like a, a 120 uh, question. <laughs> Questionnaire, apparently there's 16 major food groups, 16 questions that relate to each of those. Right. But she was like, I would be looking at breaking it, breaking down your veggies into like dark leafy greens and colorful veggies and uh, timing and uh, frequency and quality and all sorts of stuff. But I guess you guys have to mediate between, um, how uh, much are we going to get people to actually fill this in? If right. it's 130 yeah, questions yeah. about you, you're going to get zero compliance or right. lo- lower compliance. Um, but you need to mediate that with getting sufficient data, right. so that you guys can actually make it useful, I suppose.
1: And it needs to be realistic for people to to get recommendations for them and be able to implement them in everyday life, like Jonathan said. Um, so it can't be you know a huge stretch. Like one of our recommendations is to adopt a vegetarian diet for a day. And that's only if you A day per week. A day per week. And that's only if you eat a small amount of meat. So if it's someone who is telling us they're eating, you know, meat every single day, we're not gonna go tell you to be a vegetarian because that's unrealistic for that person.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's making a simple simple change versus a complete overhaul.
0: Yeah, I, I I wonder I wonder how many people at home that are listening are on one of the extreme ends of the spectrum. One where they are, um, you doing data masturbation. Right. Um, and, and over tracking yep. everything is down. I've got a couple of buddies who do that with their, uh, work Pomodoros. Um, so they know every 25 minutes of their day, they know exactly what they've done. Yep. Um, and then I'm sure that there will be a lot of people on the other end of the spectrum who are just flying blind. Yep. Um, but yeah, you are right. This, this kind of addiction that some of us, get into, which I, I've swung in and out of. You've yeah, got
2: paralysis by analysis.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you are right. Um, so for the normal uh, everyday person, we've spoken about athletes. For someone who's just looking to exist through life feeling better, mm-hmm. um, is blood work going to identify why they may have particular uh, allergies to foods or particular deficiencies that could lead to more um, uh, more serious problems down the line. Is it an early warning system for some people, or are there any other things to do with longevity that you guys really focus on?
2: So the company was started for that first point. It wasn't to help elite athletes, you know, squeeze out an extra one percent. Um, our founder Gil Blander had a death in the family when he was a little kid, and he said, "I want to live forever." And so this is his project of you know how does how does Gil live longer, live better? Mm-hmm. And he went the route of academia, and he said. You know, I can publish some papers that some scientists will see, or I can start a company and impact you know tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people, Mm -hmm. billions of people. Um, And so he he went with option number two, and or he went with option number one at first, and then you know transitioned over option number two. And and so the initial mission of the company was, like I said, was not to help elite athletes, but rather help anyone. Have more energy or better sleep or whatever. Um, athletes need that performance, whereas most people want to feel better. But the program works the same way for for those two people. It work. It works. It uses scientific studies to provide recommendations to help achieve goals, specific goals that that are relevant to you.
0: Even if the goal is just to feel more calm or yep. lose some weight, exactly.
2: Or... And then the food sensitivity question is one we get asked a lot um, at this time we aren't confident enough in the science and validity behind food sensitivity testing so we don't include it it's incredibly expensive and doesn't provide much utility on our end so instead of you know just trying to make a few more bucks uh providing a service that isn't as good of a quality we just don't do it i think um definitely based on what i've seen
0: of what you guys have given me as a feedback remembering that you don't know what I eat, typically. The things that were highlighted by deficiencies in my profile seem to tie in very closely right. with what I know that I don't eat. Right. So Like
2: beans and oatmeal, probably. Beans, right?
0: beans and oatmeal. I, man, I just need to eat. <laughs> I do just need to eat more beans,
2: apparently. Um, we had an athlete that wrote a, a blog about, you know, beans are... are uh, Uh, it was a hilarious title and I'm I'm blanking on Mm -hmm. on what it was but basically beans are are her end all be all solution she just wants to have beans all the time beans all the time I mean I don't know beans beans to me
0: are especially if you're British like beans are not a very important food group Mm -hmm. like beans are what you have with breakfast um, but apparently they're what I need to fix myself Um, so remain for elite athletes Uh, what's the trend suggesting at the moment do you think
1: um, I mean I think there's so many ways that obviously you can track different things um, about yourself now there's we can use the DNA plus blood um, that we offer which if you have your DNA sequenced um, and you also have your blood work done through us <laughs> we can always just
0: splash <laughs> myself in the face with that glass of water
1: we can use both of those um, pieces of information to give you an even more detailed look at not only what's going on inside your body right now but what yeah. your... Um, what you are predisposed to because of um, what your DNA is, particular saying. genetic conditions, right?
0: And stuff like that. Uh, David was discussing his uh, Ashkenazi Jew genes that he's got, mm-hmm. and he was just like lambasting them, saying how it means that he's got a predisposition to be fat and he's <laughs> can he, do dairy. It's he's got he's shite with dairy, he's not very good with, I think, like wheat or something else as well. And, um, yeah, I mean. All of the things, we are the sum of our nature and our nurture, right? And if the nurture and the environment is able to be represented in the blood work that you guys do now and that the nature is able to be represented in your genes, Mm -hmm. you do have a pretty comprehensive picture of exactly what's going on inside of you. I wonder, moving forward, whether or not Things like this and, and more consistent testing. Because you guys suggest to test every three months, right? Is that about right? Sort of like the
2: gold standard, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's to see, do something, get recommendations, make changes, reassess.
2: Right, and so we understand that that's not, that's not going to work for everyone with their budget or with you know getting into a lab, whatnot. So we're looking to add in more inputs that are sort of lower friction points. So mm. adding in Fitbit, adding in Garmin, adding in this physiological data so that you can say, okay, my goal is to boost sleep quality. I've improved my magnesium or I've improved my vitamin D. And I see that uh, I see a related improvement in sleep quality or my sleep quality is poor. Let's look at diet about, you know, around how can we, how can we manipulate diet knowing what we already know about you Mm -hmm. to make a recommendation around improving sleep quality. So the the goal is and then you know adding things like microbiome or things things as the science continues to support it mm-hmm. what are all the inputs that we can just mash into the you know inside tracker approach of taking science distilling it into recommendations and and helping you improve that's that's the our process and the more we can load into the into the top here mm-hmm. the the better and more personalized The recommendations and and improvements can be.
0: So you guys are working. I'm going to guess, majority of you on the front end, dealing with athletes, speaking to people, and so on and so forth. What are the people that are dealing with the back end, the science and the data like? Are they just like plugged into the matrix? (laughs) Like there's just yeah. Carrie and I
2: joked that we're the only two people in the entire company without advanced credentials. You, and it's you've, literally you've only got a couple of letters after your name and then everyone yeah, else has got like
0: It's true. A I only have sentence. a couple
1: of letters in front of my name and that's M and S. But no, they are very smart but very personal and awesome people.
2: It's a good mix of like super cool nerds.
0: Yeah. Do they, is everyone in one form or another into fitness or sort of For cool, the most part, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um So, like, our our company outings, we went boxing and bowling. You went boxing? Boxing. Was it nice to It unleash? was so
1: intense. It was not. <laughs> honestly, for a company outing, it was 10 million times harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm like still
2: sore from it. <laughs> was it? Um, it was in January.
0: Was it nice to be able to unleash your uh, your your fury on that receptionist <laughs> that never, that never <laughs> like, passes on your messages? They
1: were like heavy bags that we had to. Oh, that we were it was no spars. It wasn't each other. right? Okay. But we, I kept we, checking over to make sure our CEO wasn't like flatlined on the ground. He, <laughs> he made it through it. Oh, it was, wow. That is funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, so uh, do you guys understand or can you explain a little bit about the process of what happens when science comes in? Because it sounds like uh, from the consultation I had earlier and from speaking to you guys here, until you're absolutely dead on that the science is going to back up something, you're not actually going to bother using it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's the process of, uh, I guess, absorbing the science and then delivering it to the system is it the the super the super nodes?
2: Yeah, so we have a team of thousands of interns that are t- typing away on the computer. No, yeah. It's a dozen or so. Yeah, um, constantly researching new studies and constantly um, looking looking at things that are um, the biggest priority. Like for for the endurance athletes, is the iron group? How do we make the iron recommendations better? Mm-hmm. Or how do we we just added hemoglobin A one C? How do we lump glucose with hemoglobin A1C and make recommendations. So they're either looking for new studies or they're looking for specific topics. And they find something, they talk about it in their, in their science meeting, <laughs> in that <super> nerd meeting. <laughs> and the way it works is it's, it's, uh, it's an algorithm, so it's a big if-then statement. So if yes. this, then that. So there are a whole bunch of rules in the system, mm-hmm. and the rules are written by the scientists but it can't just be scientist one saying, "Hey, here's something cool, load it in." Yeah, it's scientist one pr- uh, proposes a rule, yeah. has to be validated by a second person, mm-hmm. and then it can be added into the platform. So you have like an
0: internal peer review system, almost.
2: Yep, of peer reviewed studies. Yes. Um, so they're they're super. It's the eighty yeah. twenty of the eighty <laughs> twenty. Exactly. So we're getting the best of the best from the best, um, and then there's an algorithm that goes into ranking. The recommendations. So we have recommendations from one to five stars that are uh, that that system is is based on the recency of the study, the type of the study, the number of people. It's a the degree study. of
0: certainty to the recommendation, yeah. right?
2: So like the bean thing is is a five star <laughs> the recommendation. Bean thing. The oatmeal yeah. is a five-star recommendation, but yeah. but there are bean thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep drilling with bean it's fine, thing. Man, you need they're like 99 cents. It's
3: I know, cheap too.
2: I know, you are right. Um so the bean thing is is something we we're, we're very confident in and, Yes. And, and five stars. Yeah, whereas there are other things that um you know, supplement recommendations yeah. that that might not be as as strong or or not it's still valid and it's still, but there haven't been you know, 10 studies on, mm-hmm. on garlic for glucose levels or so something like that.
0: Let's say that um, someone who's at home might be feeling like they're just a little bit out. Do you see, we discussed typical trends amongst uh, high performing athletes. Is there anything that you think, or that you see consistently that you think people should consider doing immediately even before they consider getting their blood work done? Are there some things, someone's like, oh my energy levels are a little bit low or my mood appears to be a little bit out, or my training's a little bit out. Are there some uh, some kind of very common uh, issues that you tend to come up against that you could recommend for people to maybe try do this first, then try do that first?
1: I mean, I would say the easiest one and probably the most important that I can think of is just sleep. A lot of people who come to us, their cortisol is way off, and, and it's because they're not getting enough sleep. Um, so, our biggest recommendations are just. Cut the screen time, shut your phone off a half hour before um, you actually go to sleep so that when you are sleeping, it's eight quality hours and not, you know, off and on, yep. You're not in a good rum. So I would say that that's a big one um, that we do see a lot of and, and just something easy that you can implement into your daily life.
0: Everyone's already doing it, right? Um, what else? Is there anything else that you see t- that tends to be um, reflected in terms of diet? Is anyone eating or eating too much of something or not eating enough of stuff?
2: Yeah. So we see 82% of Americans with elevated glucose and the best. 82%. 82%. So for the majority of people, adding oatmeal into their diet is the best possible thing that they can do. Really? We elevated glucose, Oatmeal. Oatmeal. We looked at, we published a paper on, uh, the impact of algorithm based recommendations or the personalized nutrition model that we follow. And we were able to look at, uh, recommendations, interventions, and improvement. And so we could see that, that some things worked better than others in terms of compliance. Like another one we found was that the only thing that will improve low vitamin, low enough vitamin D levels is taking vitamin d supplement which sounds like it makes sense but oh stand outside for 20 minutes a day didn't do it didn't work yeah eat more fatty fish didn't work eat more mushrooms didn't work so um so yeah back to the glucose thing so if you do nothing else eat more oatmeal we looked at um what are some of the best interventions across the board for men based on biomarkers Mm -hmm. Um, eating nuts on a daily basis is any specific
0: type of nuts, whatever,
2: whatever you'll you know whatever you want really., yep. almonds, walnuts, walnuts, et cetera. Um, that improves glucose, lipids, uh, testosterone, liver enzyme, inflammation. Um, and most of those metrics make up our inner age score as well. Uh, with glucose having the highest weight, so if you're looking at one specific food that can address the the bulk of the metrics that impact male longevity the most, yeah, nuts, nuts, nuts.
0: I well, again, it's nuts. Right? I can't. It is nuts. I can't. I can't get around. And I don't. Again, I don't know what I was expecting to see or hear about training, recovery, or training sleep supplements and diet i don't know what i was expecting but like fact, train harder yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know what i thought it was going to be like i had to go and do some like uh, i had to up my meditation or yeah. i was going to have to do whatever like it's in there yeah you'll, we do you'll probably this. see that for
2: for cortisol. Uh, cortisol
0: interesting um so you guys have got so much data on the back end and like you say you're starting to publish papers now is there a plan longer term with what you're going to do with the data obviously people have got like privacy and stuff yeah. like that but in terms of trends and things the amount of data that you guys are capturing must be pretty powerful.
2: Yeah, we feel it's the largest database of healthy people that exists in the world. and as The largest
0: database of healthy people that exists in the world?
2: Yep.
3: Fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, point blank, that's pretty powerful.
3: Well, I mean, um, does, and then Does
0: we're, that not put a pressure on you guys? Like, it does. You, you're, you're now at the, the tip of the spear with regards to making sure that any analysis of this is as optimal as it could be. Right,
2: for sure, and it's a huge opportunity, and it's why the company was created. Um, That's Gil's dream to have this power to to impact millions and billions of people. Uh, He looked at me one day. uh, We were in a meeting talking about, you know, do we go after thousands? Do we focus on millions? And Gil was like, seven billion. That's our number. It's just everyone. (laughs) And yeah and and he was totally serious like his mission is to help every human on the planet and however we get there that's how we're going to get there um but yeah i mean you look at in the paper we published we we have some charts that are able to look at correlations between as this goes this way this goes this way mm-hmm. this data doesn't exist anywhere else because there aren't people doing full you know 43 plus biomarker tests on healthy people. Some of these tests are usually run on sick people to address from a medical standpoint, but we're able to see statistically significant changes and make better recommendations from it.
0: Is a, is that a flaw in human nature or is it a flaw in medicine at the moment that people only seem to look at getting this sort of thing done when there's a problem?
2: Yeah, definitely a flaw in 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 medicine. Healthcare. Yeah, I mean, we we got a every you know, once or twice or sometimes three times a year, we'll get a customer. Uh, the customer will tell us that they were charged by Quest for the blood draw. So you walk into Quest and hand them your insurance card mm-hmm. and say, here's what I'm testing. Um, you're paying $2,000 for our 589 plan. And so it's it's unattainable for most people mm-hmm. outside of, uh, inside um, the way that the the medical world currently operates. Yes. You either can't get this done or it's outrageously expensive. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons you can't get it done is because it's not the area of expertise for a physician. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to do it. They're not going to do something. It's the, you know, we were talking about before monitoring data and not doing with it, something with it. They're not, they're incentivized to not do that. And they're incentivized to do things that they can help you with. And they, that's not their area of expertise. They're essential in what they do, but they're, you know, go to a dietitian or, or use Insight Tracker or something like that um, that can help you with the, with the blood work.
1: Yeah. And it's really preventative healthcare instead of just reactionary healthcare. Um, and that's the goal is to have everyone do it. And everyone's had their, you know, blood work done at some point in their life. Yeah. So.
0: But not everyone's got these recommendations, Right.
2: Right. So for the majority of people, the, the data you get for, from your physical is enough to use for a $49 DIY plan and get guidance on glucose and lipids. And so it'll tell you, it'll probably tell you to eat oatmeal and, and beans. beans and nuts. But for the most part, you can't just hear that and, and know. You want something in front of you right. that says this is it's for It's like a personal invitation. I have a friend who, um, she's an elite marathoner. And the way she described it was like, I know that I need to sleep more, and I know that I need to eat more, and I know that I need to take an iron supplement, but it took seeing it in front of me to see, this is Julia's needs to do list. Yeah. um, Versus like, yeah, most people should probably do these things.
0: Perfect example of that is, I've had a back injury for around about a year now, and only recently did I get an MRI. I've been doing my rehab, and I've been kind of moving in and out of different types of rehab movements. But it was only until I saw that I've got two bulging discs, L5S1, and I've got um, a Schmal's node, as it's called, um, for me to actually go, right, stop thinking that you can do a lighter version of what you've been doing, quadruple down on your rehab, and let's get this fixed. There's something about seeing it in front of your face. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about nuts, oatmeal, sleep. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that people tend to be lacking in which... Uh, manifests itself in the data that you guys see.
1: I would say um, iron in women. Jonathan already touched on that. The ferritin. Iron in women. Iron.
0: Iron in women, though. In, not in not in men um, as much. We see it but more in, in women, in women
1: yeah. especially ferritin, which is your is a marker of um, your iron storage in your body. So. Mm-hmm like fatigue and yeah you see stuff. that tends to be low um and just like jonathan said um if that happens then you know even getting out of bed can be a large task because you just have no energy so obviously training's out of the question so if you had a goal in mind of running a race or doing a crossfit competition um you know something like a low ferritin level can really um uh, step in your way
2: what's the fix for that depends uh, how low
1: Yeah, you can fix it through food or or supplementation, so... If
0: you're super low, you need to bring in the big guns of a supplement. Yep. You guys give out an inner age figure. What's that mean? What is inner age?
1: So inner age is the age that your body is on the inside versus what the number says on your driver's license. So it's your... I like that. You never heard that one before? that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbied it down. (laughs) (laughs) And we use five markers that... Um, we've determined are the most important from the markers that we test um, in terms of longevity. So glucose, uh, ALT, HSCRP, vitamin D, and um, testosterone.
0: Okay. And all those those combined?
1: Those combined will give you your inner age.
0: I'm 31 and mine says that I'm 36. That is because I have quite high glucose. (laughs) I'm right in thinking that that is... One of the most heavily weighted. It is, yeah. Why is that the case?
2: Um, research on longevity uh, correlating uh, glucose consistently optimised glucose to better longevity.
0: Okay. And eighty-six percent of Americans have high glucose. Eighty-two percent, yeah. Eighty-two percent. Yep. What's that due to? Like, why is that? Why is that the case? Is it high carb diet? I mean, how long so have much?
2: you? How long have you been in the states? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks. There's a lot of, um, a lot of big servings, a lot of sugary food. Yep. Sedentary lifestyle. I don't know. It it does, it does surprise me because although since I've been here, there are some large servings and some large people (laughs) as well. Um, although that's the case, there's more wellness out here. Than there is in the UK as well,
2: but you've been in LA and Boston. Yes. So, so is that representative? LA and Boston are LA in particular is a very uh, wellness conscious place. Um, I was just in Nashville, Tennessee for the weekend. Very not a wellness uh, conscious place. So you get places like that that um, you know it's a sign of of status to to go out to eat all the time and and we have research that shows the more you go out to eat the more likely you are to have elevated glucose is that really true yeah is that
0: one of the things that you guys asked i can't remember whether or not it was okay
2: how often do you eat out or, or get takeout okay and and so um i mean that that that's true in other places in the country too. Like if you eat out a lot, then maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you got that's less
0: control thing. of your diet usually when you eat out, right? For sure,
2: yeah. And and even if you order, um, if you're if your intents are good, like I'm gonna get uh, a salmon with you know whatever, you're getting sugar in the mashed potatoes, and you're getting sugar in the sauce, and you're getting sauce, and all these different things that you have no control over. So some of our recommendations are around, you know, we've done blogs where we talk about, like, you're at a restaurant and, and you can ask for your food however the hell you want it. It doesn't have to be what's on the menu. Um, but, yeah, so, so getting back to your question um, of why, why do we think it's so elevated, sedentary lifestyle, people are sitting from 9 to 5 every day and they're exhausted by the time they go home so they're not going to the gym. And they sleep or they don't sleep, and they do it, they do it all over again the next day. And, and it's like a status symbol to, to be busy, and, and being busy is glamorized. And so if you're busy all the time, you can't do the things that you need to do for yourself. And so you're putting other things in the priority, and your health is the cost.
0: The comment about being busy, being seen as a, a sign of status, was something that I was reading uh, by the guys that make the six minute diary. They did a, a free PDF called The Golden Evening Routine. Yep. And they they talk exactly about that that um, modern society praises our uh, busyness. It, it's a rite of passage and a badge of honor. Right. Um, that people who. Again, after it, like yep. Gary Vaynerchuk, all of the listeners at home will know my opinions about Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I mean, he's he's going to die a lot earlier than the rest of us because you can't talk about hustle and grind and sleep three hours a night, Gary, like because it's biology, right? Like <laughs> you, because your body will break down.
2: There, there are anomalies to that. It's the we-
0: same, uh, it's the the genetic uh, code. If that's the same likelihood as you being hit by lightning, right? Apparently, <laughs> to get that. That genetic mutation,
2: right, and and those people are all at the top because they have stuff going for them in their genetics, and and because we have an athlete that that just raced or just uh, broken a uh, fastest known time uh, running south to north of Israel. Okay, so it's a thousand Israel? kilometers, it a thousand took kilometers. him ten plus days, and he slept three hours a night. Just got through it. Yeah, running sixty six miles a day or, or hundred a little over a hundred K a day. And and he he does blood work through Insight Tracker and he just ran ten marathons in ten days. Mm-hmm. Like two three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And and his data is great. <laughs> and he doesn't sleep a lot. And and I'm sure he would be better if he slept more. Yeah. But he is the exception to the rule that like you must get six hours of sleep or you must get seven hours of sleep. He literally does everything and and he's able to to do his job. He's able to be with his family. He's able to do sponsor obligations, things like that. But but he's the like point oh 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 one percent and there's almost nobody like him. But the people that are like him are all at the top and and they're all role models of people who are like, oh I'm gonna be just like this person. And and you can aspire to do some things that are similar, but like if it's not in your if it's not in your nature to like not need that, mm. which it is for the majority of us, mm. um, you're gonna burn out and you're gonna get injured and you're not gonna enjoy what you're doing.
0: You're gonna fall behind. Did a podcast recently with James Clear, the mm-hmm. guy that wrote Atomic Habits, and he was talking about how um, our genetics they do not predetermined but they do predispose right and i think that that as a little uh guiding uh, influence yeah towards what people do in their lives right like if you struggle to put on muscle trying to become a power is probably a bad idea
2: right. you might enjoy it but you're not gonna you're not to gonna, the gonna the become top. the best in the field yeah.
0: yeah exactly and i suppose that um you know your guy like if if he was i don't know uh Say a long distance truck driver, it's probably wasted in that industry, like where you're on (laughs) a ticket timer and you've got to be off the clock for 10 hours or eight hours or whatever it might be. Like, this guy doesn't need it. Like, he's the guy that can go. So, he's found himself an industry within which he can find that. So, moving forward, what do you see the future of this industry looking like? Have you guys got any new markers in the pipeline that you want to use? And then, on top of that, what do you think? Um, In terms of technology and and stuff like that, is there anything that the the super nerds have told you about that's kind of coming up?
1: Well, we're looking, um, not marker-wise, but we're looking to add more mindfulness recommendations to the platform as well. Um, So for something like cortisol to implement um, yoga, if you told us that you weren't doing that kind of Mm -hmm. um, exercise now. So things like that we're looking to add. How would
0: that manifest in, would that be cortisol again? Realistically,
2: yep. in the blood work? Okay. Yeah. So, so it's not only looking at specific lifestyle interventions that we hadn't either considered, we hadn't done a lot of research on, but also more inputs, as we were talking about before. And so, physiological monitoring, uh, microbiome, things like that, that uh, are more new compared to uh, blood analysis, and then getting like, Talk about super nerd. We can go super nerd on this. Let's go super nerd. Imagine you get a, a notification from your phone that knows your blood work, it knows your calendar, it knows the weather, um, and it knows, let's say your your vitamin D is low or your, your cortisol is high and you have back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back meetings, but, hey, you've got this block of 15 minutes at 2 o'clock and it's sunny out. You go take a walk. You get a ping. Hey, it's... it's uh, it's sunny out, and you have this this little you know stretch of time that's mm-hmm. that's available. Take advantage of it. So it, it's knowing that would be so sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, super nerdy stuff, but but people so cool. people would dig that. Uh, some people would dig that. So it's it's stuff like that. Um, our CEO jokes. I don't know if it's a joke though about spitting on your iPhone and yep. and getting data mm-hmm. and getting immediate uh, recommendations. That's probably a long way away. Um, but it's not outside their own possibility. Um, I think mean, there's been
0: talk I've been hearing uh, on some podcasts recently about a uh, future technology to do with, like, nanotech where you can have these receptors that would just be placed in your blood yeah, and they'll just be flowing around you all the time, giving, like, I think it's a... James Bond. In fact, I'm certain. I'm certain it's James Bond. Where they like shoot something in his arm, and then they're like his his heart rate's elevated, and it's because he's having sex with someone.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like there's something for everyone, but um, (laughs) no. Meaning, like you can go, you can go as advanced as as that, or you can you can you know peel back a few few less layers, you know, and and look at it through your iPhone or you know something Mm like that. Yeah,
0: I do get that. I think um, talking about the the sort of the cultures and stuff like that, something that I've definitely noticed as a difference between the UK and the US is that busyness culture. Yeah, Like the US actually seems to be a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I think that the UK, um, and I'll be interested to hear if the listeners agree, I think that the UK does uh, – I don't know what they're busy doing because they're not getting they're not getting after it. There's not this kind of entrepreneurship yep. um thing below the lines that there appears to be in the US. So you've but,
2: spent time in two very busy places. Yes. So you're getting like the, the Unrepresentative sample. Yeah. But it's it's true everywhere. And and there are so many books and podcasts about like more, 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 more. You must do more. And and that leads to burnout. Now we're getting books and podcasts going the other way that mm-hmm. says, you know, you need to, you know, you have your rest day for, for training. You need a rest day for for life. You or, mind, yeah. Exactly. And and so we're getting to a point where like I have I have an Instagram account with a couple of friends called Rest Day Brags and and one of them is an olympian and the other is uh, a professional trail runner and obstacle course racer so like they have some pedigree behind Mm -hmm. success and they both run themselves into the ground by trying to do everything the one that went to the olympics 10 years ago now is still just now getting out of that hole that she put herself in really and so we're we're glamorizing like sat on my couch for the afternoon like the only intervals I did today were couch to fridge and like yeah. stuff like that. That that we're getting messages from people that are like, oh my god, I thought I was the only person that that you know s- struggles with with taking time off or yes. sleeping in or like we now have people bragging like got eight hours of sleep. <laughs> That's such a good rhetoric to
0: be pushing. I've never yeah. I've never heard of anyone who does see that. But you you are totally right. It's just not. It's not glamorized. It's associated with being lazy, laziness and complacency and not making the most of minutes. Right. But if it's part of the plan, I'm sure that Ben Bergeron, even with his making the most of minutes um,
1: strategy, I'm sure that
0: some of those minutes are rest. I mean, every Friday
2: yeah, is is a rest day for his athletes, right? Through comp train?
1: I don't know if if everyone has the same rest yeah. day, but there's definitely both in rest. A lot day. of rest days yeah. in
2: there. Perfect example. Despite the
0: fact that United Airlines broke my uh, my phone holder, which is why I've got some slightly odd camera angles <laughs> today, um, I noticed that as you go through their uh, in-flight entertainment, they have a Headspace app huh. in there now that helps you fall asleep on planes.
3: Yep. Oh, wow. that's cool.
0: I mean, Andy Puddycom is getting absolutely everywhere. He's partnered with Nike. it's partnered with United Airlines. <laughs> um, but, you know, the fact that meditation has been adopted by l- an airplane. Yeah. It's literally available on the <laughs> street. You know, you think like, what am I going to do? I'll watch another Harry Potter movie right. or Avengers or something like, no, 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 I'll meditate based on this. And it's curated wow. for being on a plane. And that was like, That's that was, cool. that was Did quite you do it? Uh, No, no. It, you yeah. watched Harry Potter No, her, it's too, it's, cool. it's not cool. It's not cool. It's got to be glamorized for It's <laughs> got to be. I know exactly. No one would have known because I'm not, uh, I wasn't on Instagram at the time taking a selfie of it. <laughs> um, so I think that as we continue to move forward and as technology like root bands and like inside tracker and stuff continue to move forward, that hopefully more people will be able to understand what's going on inside of their bodies. But one of the things that I do worry about is that paralysis by analysis thing that you were talking about, that people become so bogged down in the data right. that they don't really get anywhere. Um, is the, is the onus on the people to fix that, or is it on the platform to make sure that it's giving them the right, the right output? Because obviously, if people are just drowning in data, like what do they do with it?
1: I think the thing that we try to do is um, out of all of these things that we can recommend for you, we try to have you choose, you know, between three and seven of these recommendations that we give you that you can actually use you know, every day or every week. So if you narrow those recommendations down to only three or only five, then you're not going to be bogged down with having to change so many things of, about your life. Mm. You, know, you can continue to live, continue to train, to recover. And if you make these important changes, then it will move the needle for you. So for us, I think that's, you know, an important part of, of what we do.
0: Incremental changes, right? What do you guys see? So to... to begin to round up what do you see as um an impact on your athlete's performance have you got any stats like that obviously i'm going to guess they won't be putting their 5k times in versus all of their other things but do you see any um
2: so it's it's hard to get that on the individual athletes we've looked at some of the data around pro teams we've worked with um related to injuries uh, so games lost Look at the San Jose Sharks They've they've had a lot of success with that um, tra- Improving travel Improving around travel So again San Jose Sharks uh, had The year that we did this um, Analysis They had the best uh, away record In the league Meaning they were able to manage travel The best based on the data That they were collecting around When do we change Uh, practices and and how do we improve you know how do i make this skate optional and this skate required and get the players to buy in that they should sleep in on this day and they should they should show up on this day so so we looked at some data around that um i'm not sure we have much else uh at the organizational level or at the team level but injury is going to
0: be such a big deal yeah Like so injuries are just a manifestation that something has been pushed so far. And that something might have just been formed. Right. It's not always going to manifest. Like someone's poor deadlift posture right. isn't necessarily going to show up in the blood work. Exactly.
2: We had another, <laughs> we had an NBA team that, um, that the dietitian, so the dietitian, you the have, di- should, <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah, you have squat posture yeah. chain. <laughs> <laughs> squat shaming. Yeah. Um, so we had an NBA dietitian that, that came to us and said, um, I think I think paleo is a problem. And I think it's a problem for our athletes because they're tired and injured all the time. <laughs> and and some things a problem. And she was like she was like and I'm the dietitian and they're not listening to to my nutrition advice. So I need this blood work done. Who's
0: who's doing the paleo? The, the athletes the just athletes. think that they know better than you, the dietitian. Yes.
2: So the the culture at, at some, in some of these organizations is They listen to the strength coach or they listen to the head trainer. They listen to some, some guy that's been at, in the organization or in the sport for 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Whereas the dietitians are credentialed. They went to school for nutrition and they, that's their job. Mm. So she was able to get the blood work done and, and came back and she was like, I'm right. Check that out. Yeah. Now let's make some changes. And injuries went down and fatigue went, you know, improved. Um, it's not to say inside tracker improved their injuries and fatigue, but yeah. the platform that we allowed them to use that we that we were able to have them use um allowed them to show their athletes, look, this is a problem. Yeah. Your lipids are out of whack, your cortisol's through the roof, calories, blah, 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 vitamin D. Um, here's hard data showing you what to do, and and it's saying exactly what I'm saying. Now I'm gonna help you implement it. Um, and she did, and it worked.
0: You're totally right about that. It, it comes back to the example that I said earlier on about the MRI. Yeah. Like, you until see I it. saw it in front of my eyes, because everyone wants to take the path of least resistance, right? right? Mm-hmm. Everyone it's wants easy. to believe, oh, well, no, no, it's that's not, not for yeah. me. No, no, that's everyone else. That's yeah. everyone else's I'm lipids. Gl- that's, I'm everyone good. Else's, yeah. that's everyone else's oatmeal consumption. Yeah. I'm the 18%. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, when you think, when you think like that, you actually end up um, doing yourself a disservice because you believe that you're not culpable to the trends of the market. And you're like, no, 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 no. You are the like, trend. The, by its very fucking nature, it's more likely that you are than you right.
2: are. Right. It's like when people complain about traffic, right? Like, you are traffic. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I always complain about traffic. Like, Why are you going <laughs> to complain you know, about person, something? Karen. Oh, yeah, I'm like... <laughs> Going apeshit in my car. These I love traffic. All I of these think other hilarious. people yeah. also in their cars. These people are going to work today? I think it's hilarious. It's like,
2: so anyway, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, that's not my problem. I'm just out for a, a Monday morning drive at 8.30 in the morning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Along with everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. I, totally, I,
0: I do totally get it. Um, I think if it's good enough for David Sinclair, it's good enough for me. And that was that was like the first thing that I saw um, when I was talking to him today. How much he is, uh, how much he's reliant on having something that comes out of the back end, right. because making the changes, it would be the same as, it would be the same as doing everything that a CrossFitter does, or a strength athlete does, or a runner does, without actually doing strength CrossFit or running. Right. Yeah, you'd be like, right. Well, I'm gonna make sure I get enough sleep, and I'm gonna make <laughs> sure I get enough this, I'm gonna make sure I get enough that, but I'm not actually going to do the thing that tests all of the inputs. It's the output, right? And the output for most people is training, but also should be some form of blood work. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this is coming out of America and not from the UK. I know that you guys offer a service in the UK and that people in the UK that are listening can get their work done. Link will be in the show notes below, as always. But the USA generally to me leads it kind of leads the UK mm. with this. We're lagging behind. Like people are still eating like mince pies and Beanless stuff. Foods. Beanless foods. They're eating <laughs> beanless foods is like but it, honestly like like you know, the wedges of oranges as a like half time for rugby yeah. just is is still a thing. Like so
2: are some of my best memories of uh third grade. Wedges of, of orange and soccer,
0: yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well I mean we've we've adopted you at least. But um Yeah, I I genuinely do hope that this is going to make people think with more care about what they're doing. Because in the same way as the mechanism that makes uh, mobility work for a lot of people effective, um, foam rolling and, and passive stretching and massage therapy... Uh, Professor Quinn Hennick, uh Doctor of Physical Therapy for Juggernaut Training Systems, on episode 13, I want to say, said that the mechanism that those things are working on isn't what people think. But if it makes them think about their recovery, then right. it is enough. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of almost what we're talking about here, that maybe even... The blood weight. So for, for me, potentially with all of the markers, I might not have known that these things were going to be out of whack, but it was probably pretty likely that I was going to have low free testosterone because I'm uh, overtraining probably like fairly common that the oatmeal and, and the beans, et cetera, et cetera. But because I wasn't thinking about it, right. it wasn't something that needed
2: to, you don't know, you don't know.
0: There we go. Well, guys, thank you very much for your time. I really Thanks appreciate coming. you coming on. Thank you for having me out here. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens if I do change up these my beans, if I change up my oatmeal. And I hope that the listeners at home as well will have started to realize how important it is to consider these sort of things. In the same way as David Sinclair was talking about the fact that people believe that aging is just this process that we're along for the ride with. Right. I think people believe that um a degree of ignorance of what is happening inside of their body is also like oh well I'm just I don't I'm know just I, can't, I can't see what's in my blood yeah. I can't see what the foods how foods affect me and things like that and I think that um hopefully as companies like yourselves uh, and uh, individuals like David begin to make people think with more granularity and like a higher resolution about exactly what they're doing with their health mm-hmm. it's not just enough to be like oh well like I, I'm making sure that I'm uh, taking the stairs to work right. it's like Okay, like yep, fair enough. Like that might have been a thing thirty years ago, right. when or fifty years ago, when doctors were still smoking. <laughs> like, and he's like, they still are. Well, they're not smoking at the at the delivery table. True, true. I saw an advert not long ago that said um, it was for Camel cigarettes, and the statistic was more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. And it was a doctor at like at surgery, like smoking. Terrifying. Wow. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, if you are interested in getting your blood work done, a link will be in the show notes below to the Inside Tracker website. I will also probably be discussing um, exactly what we went through on one of the catch-up episodes coming up soon as well. But for now, thank you very much for your time. It's been awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.